UCCI. I'm Lori Swanson, a member of the Sunday Services team, and I'm so glad you decided to tune in this morning. This month, we celebrate spiritual journeys of some of our UUCCI members. By listening to the varied journeys that have brought us here, we discover more about each other and our congregation as a whole. Today, we are invited to learn more about Jan Lucas. I remember one of my first conversations with Jan and Fellowship Hall. It included a discussion of trigger words used at UU. I don't remember exactly everything that was said, but I felt a connection to Jan as we questioned terms like church and worship. I was interested to learn more about Jan, and as luck would have it, I was able to do that while we both served on the Sunday Services team. I appreciated her intelligent comments, energetic attitude, thoughtfulness toward others, and her ability to be real with people. Jan is a talented writer and stage performer who generously chooses to share her deep life experiences and keen insights with others. Fortunate are those of us included in her audience. As we move forward with today's service, let us be mindful of how we are called together as a congregation. In out-of-the-way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire, 
feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondered, would you always live like this? Then the delight when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plentitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will become home in a new rhythm for your soul senses the world that awaits you. The time will come when with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit, feast on your life.
When Nick asked if I would do a spiritual journey, I said, oh, I've already done this twice. I don't think I have anything new to say. And he said, oh, nothing has changed. <laughs> well, for any of you that know me at all, know that that's an understatement. In an unexpected turn of events, I find myself living alone at this advanced age, and my marriage of 30 years has dissolved. The whole thing was not entirely without red flags along the way, but I thought the worst was behind me and I was wrong. So without going into any details, I will just say that my life has literally turned upside down and I've had to reclaim my inner self, which involves a lot of looking backward and looking forward. I was born the youngest of five in a typically dysfunctional family of the 50s and 60s, with the added layer of alcoholism thrown into the mix. My parents were smart and charming and funny and good looking, and there were many experiences of delight and hilarity. And there were also experiences of darkness and insecurity and secrecy and fails. As a young child, I always felt that there was something else out there that my family was missing something, that we weren't focusing on the stuff that was rich and deep. Of course, I didn't have the words for it at age seven or 10, but when I look back on that little girl, I know that's what I was knowing even then. I've had various chapters along the way where I've really wanted to dig deep and understand how my upbringing affected me. And it's always been difficult and painful, but so revelatory as well. I've had periods in my life of turning to organized religion to provide some structure and hope. And I've had periods of time where I have eschewed anything remotely smelling of organized religion. I've always been drawn to the so-called spiritual. I don't even know really what that means. I find the word spirit is sometimes overused. And the idea of being a spiritual person can mean so many things. But I've been through a number of crises in my life. The death of my mother when I was 29 was the first and hardest thing I think I've ever experienced. My experience then much later with leukemia and then stem cell transplant was also harrowing and brought me close to death and changed my life radically for the better, for the most part. I had an experience during my leukemia that sticks out in my mind as clear as the day it happened. I had relapsed and I knew I would be facing a bone marrow transplant at some point but it was about a week before Christmas, and so I was released from the hospital to come home and basically wait for a donor and then begin the process of prepping for the transplant. I was as depleted as I have ever been in my life. I was literally uh, the bare bones of a human and my emotional bandwidth was narrower and more focused out of necessity. I literally, couldn't think about the minutiae of daily life. So my focus was dreamlike. It was, I was very aware of the fleeting moments that were literally passing in front of my eyes. I felt like I could see time. 
I felt the inner workings of my body also because I was trying to visualize exactly what was happening in my blood and in my cells. And I realized my blood was just steadily moving along at its own pace, regardless of anything else going on. It was the, it was the speed of the body. And I realized there is a will in the body to be well. And for lack of a better language, I would call it a life force. I felt it so strongly in myself. I was laying on the couch in the living room and my sons were in the room wrapping presents and horsing around and there was a fire in the fireplace and the dogs were laying down in front of the fire and I had an out of body experience. I could see this scene as if from far away and I could see the preciousness of it and the absolute pure love that was in that room. And I thought, this is it. This is the meaning of life right here. <laughs> and then of course, luckily for me, I took the long path back to wellness and I returned to the details and minutia of daily life. The tedium of taking out the trash and vacuuming and mowing the grass began to come back into my vision and thought patterns resumed some of the normalcy of daily life. And what a blessing that was. I really wasn't prepared yet to be the Dalai Lama and sit on a mountaintop and have pure thoughts all the time. So then life goes along, and it did, and many wonderful things happened in the intervening years. Then last October, in what was actually a stunning surprise to me, my husband of 30 years abruptly left and started a new life for himself. There were all kinds of reasons why this happened, and I'm certain I will never, ever really know what they all are. But the struggle now for me has been to focus on myself and reclaim my authenticity, reclaim the same sense of being me, being in the same love that happened that moment in the living room, being in the sense of spirit that I've always known was there. I'm not saying I have this figured out. I, there have been many dark days and I know there will be many more ahead. And I have once again relied on my community of family and friends, my village, and it turns out my village is rather extensive and goes to all the corners of the places I've ever lived. And I think that's because of the energy that existed then and that I put out and was available for it to come back to me. I go back to that little girl in the family of five. And while it was probably dysfunctional for my parents to assign me the role of being the sunshiny, happy person in the family. Of course, I couldn't really be that for all people. I was able to live an alternative existence within the framework of my big family. Early on, I just remember knowing there was something beyond my parents' pain, something beyond arguments and unpleasantness at the dinner table, something beyond worries about money or what would people think or how we looked or what we did or did I dress right or did we have the proper manners. I just always knew there was something else. I found it in nature as a little girl. I would go off and sit in the back corner of our yard, which was kind of like a mini woods, and I would sit on the ground by myself and play with rocks and sticks, and I would think about things. And I had an active fantasy life that involved elves and fairies and things living out in the undergrowth. And that has been a through line for me all these years. Digging in the garden now or going to the woods has been and continues to be healing physically, emotionally, psychically. 
A friend of mine uses the term expanded consciousness to mean God or to mean spirit. I think the Jungian concept of collective unconscious and a shared connection that all, thing ha all things have really makes sense to me. And we've become so inundated with information. We can travel to all parts of the globe. We have figured out so many ways to bend nature to our intents that I think we've gotten away from our basic inherent animal selves. I need and want to get back to the basics and simplicity of being alive on this earth in my animal skin connected to a larger universe a vast consciousness. I think the Buddhists say all life is suffering and the older I get, the more I agree. But it's the sparks of joy and pure love that keep me going and make it worthwhile to get up every morning and face the day. Relative to so many people on this planet, even in spite of the various traumas I've lived through, my life is pretty cushy. I was born with many advantages and I mostly don't take them for granted. So all of these thoughts have swirled around in my brain to varying degrees on and off all through my life. I feel like I'm spiraling forward, sometimes back. Nothing about this is linear. And this most recent challenge of being basically abandoned has given me an opportunity again to think about who I am, what's important to me, and to find myself in all the rubble. I've been doing a lot of gardening lately and moving rocks and shoveling dirt. I have this image of a pile of rocks of different sizes and I'm digging into them with my hands and I'm uncovering beautiful rocks as I go deeper and also some stinky, slimy gravel and maybe there's bugs in there and then there are beautiful green shoots of plants that are growing in there as well. And I just keep getting closer to this beautiful thing that exists among all those rocks. And that beautiful thing is me. <laughs> the last play I did last year was called Alabaster. And I played a goat. <laughs> I had no lines, although I did have to make some goat sounds. And I did have to sing a song, a cappella, at the end. I'll fly away. It was a radical thing to be on stage for the entirety of a play and not speak. I wasn't sure I'd want to do that part, but a friend said, what a cool thing to be an actor with no lines. How might I find ways to express myself? I'm so grateful I did that part. It was revelatory. At the end of the play, I took off layers and layers of old coats and clothing, pants and scarves and boots and socks. And I stood there barefoot, finishing the song in a plain muslin slip. I think that image is a metaphor for how I feel at this point in my life. I've taken off a lot of old clothes and I'm standing there vulnerable and raw. And I'm in a new place, ready for the next chapter, whatever that might be. Through all the time
drive I hear the music ringing It sounds an echo in my soul How can I keep from singing? What though the tempest round me roars I know the truth it liveth What though the darkness round me Giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm While to that rock I'm clinging Since love prevails in heaven and earth How can I keep from singing? When tyrants tremble as they hear The bells of freedom ringing both far and near How can I keep from singing To prison cell and dungeon vile Our thoughts to them are winging When friends by shame are undefiled How can I keep